I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Stu and Blake. Hello and welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. I'm Stu Whiffin. Joining me always, Mr. Blake Harrison. How are you today? Very good, mate. How are you? I'm all right. Is this the earliest we've ever recorded? It might be. I can't remember if we've... Oh, well, we did... When we watched... Well, no, that would be later, wouldn't it? I was going to say when we watched UFC London... When it was in Vegas, the UFC London Vegas card back in September. We recorded straight afterwards, didn't we? But that would have been at like... What would it have been? Like midnight? Yeah, like that. I don't know. Whatever. So yeah, this is probably this is like eight a.m. Monday yeah. morning, and it's because I think we're just very busy this week, aren't we? And we've been. Yeah. I've been quite busy. I've had a very busy week filming. What have you been doing? I've been filming a show for Sky, uh, and there's been very very long days, and also a few dance routines. Um, it's it is a fictional show. It's I'm not on like a reality show or something. It is yeah. like it's proper acting. But there's yeah. some dance in there as well before anyone thinks I'm on some kind of shit strictly come dancing. Um but uh the How um, comfortable are you with, with the dancing? Because obviously the amount of times that I'm sure multiple people have come up to you and and done various Neil dances. And when we first ever met, you you mentioned on when you come on my podcast the first time we met, that you no longer dance at, at weddings and things like that now because as much as you enjoy a dance, the minute you get on the dance floor, Pete, you see people sort of sneak their phones out. Like so, so what's your relationship with uh, the dance in there? <laughs> what's my relationship with dance? <laughs> yeah, tell me about dance. <laughs> what's your relationship with with dance? The medium of dance. Uh, Explain. The medium of dance. Um, <laughs> no, um, I uh, yeah, no, I well, look, I, <laughs> I did loads of random bits as a kid, like theatre schooly stuff where yeah. you would do dancing, and, and then I did a GCSE in dance. Um, Is that a thing? Yeah, yeah, I got a B <laughs> um, for my GCSE in dance, um, but the 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 stuff wasn't quite what I thought it was going to be. Like when I signed up to do it, I thought I'd be doing like some street dance and like cool dancing. Yeah, uh, and we were doing like contemporary and jazz, and it was like oh, it's a bit bit shit. And so I yeah. ditched it uh, after GCSE. Um, but I was a little bit nervous because I haven't done any like like this is like flat out routines we're doing like mm. a lindy hop and um like a proper like full-on street dance battle thing yeah uh, and it's all within the consi- confines of this fictional show but i can't say too much about it sure um but i was like quite nervous because mm. i haven't danced for about 20 years really mm. um but surely but you're having a gcse a, a b in gcse dance i mean you're up there right <laughs> Yeah. Oh, sure. For sure, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, 20 years, it never leaves you. Never leaves you. But no, I was surprised. I was surprised at how, um, how much it did kind of come back to me. But this week that's just gone was the week of all like the full on like dance routines and yeah. 
long days and all that kind of stuff. And um, on Tuesday, mm-hmm. so this was the day before doing the street dance battle. Um, on Tuesday, I so the the day before I'd done like some rehearsing this dance stuff because they threw in last minute that we had to do like an improvised dance bit. I was like, "Are you kidding me? We've got to start improvising. We've just about learnt the routines." Um, and so I was practicing some stuff on like uh, Monday. And then Tuesday morning, I get up and I have a chest workout before having to go to, to work. I'm feeling absolutely fine. Dance the day before, chest workout in the morning, fine. Go upstairs, I'm about to get a shower and, and get ready for work. And my daughter, just before going to school, is like, she's having one of, one of these little moods that is, is not common. It's very rare, but they're becoming a bit more common. Now, she's going to be nine later in the year, and it's Great. like a small window into like, oh, is this going to be you as a teenager? Is this what, is this what we've, we've got to prepare for? Because she was, something was going on with my wife where uh, my wife was telling her to do something. And, oh, no, that was it. She was like, oh, have you cleaned your teeth? Have you brushed hair? Have you done this? And her, my daughter's response was, yes, sir. You know when they put the <laughs> sir? They, yes, sir. Like that. And I was like, oh, okay. And so I thought the best way to deal with this was to try and nip it in the bud, was take the mick out of it. I was like, oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. What, are we a soldier? Yes, sir. And I saluted and then walked two paces with my arms out like a soldier. And my back just went. I was like, <laughs> so I was like, oh, I've, done, I've done dancing. I've done a chest workout. But what throws my back out is taking the piss out of my daughter pretending to be a soldier. Incredible. And, so, and it was just so, and then I had to like, I was slow, like but the muscles, all the muscles around my spine just completely seized up and like locked. And I just slowly got down on the floor, like didn't want to move too quick. So my back was rigid and upright as my knees were bending to the floor, the safety of the floor <laughs> to just comfort me in my pain. And I just bent down and just laid down. I was like, oh my God, my back, my back. And my wife and kids were like literally about to leave for school. And so I was like, yeah, just go. I'm fine. Just leave, leave me. me leave me. Save yourselves. Um, and I was just on the floor. And I've never had a back problem before ever. Like I'm oh, going to be not, They're not funny. Mate, I don't know, like, I've never had it. never even wondered about, like, having a back problem or anything like that. Oh, my God, it was so painful. And it's still now, when I wake up in the morning, I can still feel it. It's, like, a week later. It is Mm. still tight and not great. But I was able to, like, get through it. I was like, (laughs) there is a medic always on set. And I was like, have you got any, like, deep heat? Any like, and he was putting like heat strips on my back for the next couple of days just because I was like, my back is dodgy for the dancing. This is, like... We've done weeks of rehearsals, and if my back's yeah. dodgy now, this would be the worst time. But I was able to get through it, and it was absolutely fine. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's been a been a long old week, and I got a big week this week as well with mm. with filming and, and and random different things. So this is why we're doing eight something in the morning. Um, yeah, absolutely. Just to try and to try and get you lovely people one episode quickly, and then after this, I don't know about you, Stu, but I'm a lot more free. I'm 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 basically done on this job. So hopefully we can bang out a bunch of episodes, get you back with a. Some of your favourite fighters that we'll interview and breaking down cards and all yeah. the usual gubbins. Oh, I've got plenty. I've always got plenty of time. I'm just having to kind of uh, work my schedule around Mariah Carey's over there. Do you know what I mean? But we're. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> we're uh... But yeah, I'm. I'm did I you get my memo? Did you get my memo about taking out all the coloured MMMs? Other. Yeah, uh, your MMMs people. Your people like got in touch with ones. me. Yeah. yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, yeah I'm still waiting for the me. parcel of only blue M and M's. Yeah, I was like, why has Blake not 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 message me? So he's he's laying on the floor after trying to uh, discipline his kid by the means of March. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, brilliant. Oh, I love that. That's really made my day. That's why, I mean, my advice to you would be, you know, as, as having someone whose who's children are, 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 are young adults now, uh, I've generally found that when uh, either of my daughters is stressed and he's having a little bit of a tantrum, I've generally found that taking the piss just fans the flames of that rage. Uh, <laughs> I, I would maybe go for something a little bit more subtle than uh, throwing it back at her and also marching. <laughs> well, ca- karma struck me down, mate. <laughs> Completely. That's, that is a lesson. <laughs> yeah. I, just got, I got smited uh, in the back. Well, for today's um, episode, we um, what we thought we would do is, because we can't really sort of facilitate anything this week around getting a guest in, um, purely just because we've, we just had to grab an hour when we could. Um, so we put a thing out on the socials just saying, look, chuck us some questions and uh, and we'll uh, we'll work our way through them. And you've been really, really cool. You, you, you've sent in some, some wonderful questions uh, and there's lots of them. So we're, we'll try and cherry pick um, a load of them. Um, we'll try and make sure... You know, some of you have put in like sort of two or three questions, so we'll definitely get one in, but we'll try and sort of squeeze, you know, one in from everybody. So uh, I'm going to start with some of the the uh, the Instagram questions, uh, mm-hmm. Blake, if uh, if yeah. you're cool with that. Let's do it. Um, uh, from Cine Hawkins, um, thanks for the question. Um, okay, Time Machine, you get front row tickets to any former UFC event. Which one do you choose? Um... I think I would go for, and people are probably going to be eye-rolling at this one, but I'd go for McGregor Mendes. Oh, that, that was my runner-up. Oh, really? Oh, that makes yeah. me feel better about my choice. I thought people would be like, oh, Connor, Connor. But yeah, but to be at a Connor card, especially when Connor was Connor, like there's, mm. there's, there's things now with everything that's gone on outside of the cage. Oh, sorry, sorry. What? What there, are you showing I'm, me? I'm showing you my screen. Oh yeah. And, and I have gone for I have gone for Mendes. I thought I was going to go oh, for Alder, but one. I hate it. We've got the same one. Oh, well, there you go. So like, um, I just thought McGregor Mendes. A, you were at a Connor card when Connor was Connor. That mm. right? It was such a power. I just, it was so amazing to be a fan of MMA at that time when Connor was on the rise. Um, and a lot of people would probably say, yeah, but Aldo was probably the pinnacle, or, or Alvarez. But for me, I just that whole card I remember being great because obviously the the co-main event was Rory McDonald and Robbie Lawler. What yeah. an unbelievable fight that was! Not to mention there was a couple of great knockouts. I think Jeremy Stevens maybe had like a flying knee, and then unfortunately because we're fans of him, Brad Pickett lost, but to a Thomas Almeida flying knee. Flying and I remember knee. that fight being quite back and forth and like a really fantastic fight. So I think there was loads of really good fights on that card, and then it yeah. culminated in McGregor Mendes, which just the roof would have just blown off the place. So I think that's what I would go for, especially the Rory McDonald and Robbie Lawler fight was one of the greatest fights I've yeah. ever seen. So yeah, to be, to get one of the greatest fights you've ever seen and a McGregor one and loads of the undercard fights are really cool yeah. as well. That that's the one for me. What, was kind of scheduled to fight someone else for that. Was it Aldo? Aldo. Yeah. He was supposed yeah. to fight Aldo and Aldo dropped out. Because I know so they, that there that's was... That's why they made an interim belt. 
Right. So, that, and I remember like um, there was a lot of talk that 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 Chad had took the fight on very short notice, and yes. but I remember what I watched that fight round Pips, and and I remember thinking like because Mendes's wrestling was was exceptional, and yeah. and he was controlling Connor quite a lot yeah. when he took him down, but yeah. he looked like that kind of taking it on last minute, the cardio weren't quite where it could have been. And, uh, and, and then at that point, like Connor's striking was exceptional on it. And he just broke him down and knocked him out in a very similar style to a previous Connor fight. Well, I can't think who it was very similar, just kind of strikes against the side of the octagon. Oh God. I don't know. One well, the of the fight early before fights. that, the fight before that was Dennis Seaver. Seaver. I can't, um, might have been that uh, one. But I think a lot of his fights have ended that way, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but uh, but one of the other things I remember being a big talking point, and what I remember when Connor was like at the weigh-ins and walking out, was he looked just so pale and so gaunt. And I think that's when the Reebok deal came in. And one of the things with the Reebok deal was that they banned the use of IVs to mm. rehydrate fighters. Um, and it was like, oh my God, the first time he can't use an IV, Connor looks awful. And I don't think he ever looked that bad again. Definitely but not. That cut just looked, and I remember him walking to the cage and thinking, "Oh, are you all right?" Because that yeah. he, he he looked skeletal and pale. He didn't and, look like Conor yeah. McGregor. No, no, he looked really, really bad. But he got it done, and you see the emotion in him afterwards. Even though he just won the interim belt, yeah. not the full belt, it was more emotion pouring out of him. Yeah. At the end of that fight, than there was when he beat Aldo. Um, so yeah, that would be my answer to, to that there's one. That, there's that little bit of footage in there of him um, post weighing, uh, where Faber just kind of sort of grabs his, his midriff and sort of says something about him, and Connor snaps at him, doesn't he? And, uh, oh, and Faber man. looks. At, have you never seen that? No, it doesn't. Rec- I mean, I keep I keep getting all their stuff from the Ultimate Fighter. Probably confused with that. Yeah, it's really strange. Obviously, he's he's very skeletal at that point. Uh, and then as he's walking backstage to his his, his room or wherever he's going, like uh, Faber, like it's just them two, like Faber just walks up to him and he's just like, "How you doing?" And like, and he sort of grabs his like belly and goes, "Whoa, you're you're looking lean" or something like that, uh, and makes some sort of like joke to like, "My God, you're lean," uh, and and kind of like literally fucks him off and and and, and sort of screams at him and and like and then walks off and like you see sort of Faber look at the camera and go, "Huh." Uh, what was that? Oh, and, uh, wow. So obviously that weight cut must have must have absolutely destroyed him. And I don't know how many more fights we see him at, at, at that weight anyway. He, he soon sort of uh, went up, didn't he? After that, well, uh, it was Aldo, uh, wasn't it? It Aldo yeah. was the next one, and then that was it. He never went yeah. back to featherweight. Um, mm. Moving on, uh, and and quite aptly considering what we were just talking about, I think to um, Steve T, Steve T, thirteen. He's saying, hey, guys, if you could change one rule or thing about uh, MMA, what would it be? A few that he'd like to uh, adapt. He would be interested in open scoring, adapting the gloves for less finger pokes, change of weighing rules, uh, weighing over the course of the week or measure hydration levels, or open books for fighter pay. Um, My one would always be the weight cuts uh, because I think that it's it's just... (laughs) The durability of fighters suffers with weight cuts. I always reference the Paolo Costa, um, Marvin Vittori fight where they ended up wrongfully fighting at light heavyweight because Costa couldn't be bothered to cut weight and the way he dealt with that was terrible. But I think fighters fighting at their natural weight class 
would just be so much better. It'd be better, I think, for their own health. Um, yeah, and and then we won't have situations like we did with Oliveira. I mean, the fact that the champ's been stripped on the scales, I mean, I, I think it's right to do it. A lot of people were calling it silly, but I'm like, well, no, those, those are the rules. You've got to do that. He's, he's cut half a pound less than Gaethje. He shouldn't have done. Hmm. So those are the rules, but we should remove those rules and just have either a better system in place in terms of monitoring hydration levels throughout, you know, make they have to have where they are in the USADA pool and have to have regular drug tests outside of camp, whatever it is, even if they've not got a fight booked, they will still have USADA knocking at their door doing random drug tests. Maybe they have hydration level tests. Maybe they have all that kind of stuff going on, you know, throughout their camp. Once that fight is booked, it's like, okay, you're on a 10 week camp. You need to remain within this kind of weight or above this weight, all that kind of stuff, just so that we know you're being healthy. We know you've not got a, a, an unfair advantage over your opponent by cutting loads of weight and then coming in really heavy or, or something like that. I don't know. I'm sure there's smarter people than me out there that could work out a system where the weight cuts are just a lot healthier mm. and far less necessary. But who knows? What about you? What do you think? Uh what what changes I'd like to see? Um, to be honest, I'd, I'd quite like to see um, soccer kicks and headbutts brought back in. <laughs> okay, right. Next question. <laughs> You're giggling. Are you serious? Well, so when I first interviewed Brad Pickett on like many years ago, before I'd, I'd ever. You know, I don't done anything in in the the, the realms of MMA podcasting. Uh, I did interview Brad Pickett, and and I said like, you know, what changes would you like? And he said soccer kicks, and like, and I was like, really? And he was like, yeah, yeah. He said like, and he was saying like, basically anything, anything goes. And uh, and it was at that point that he said, look, I know used to us sitting in here now. He said, like, but there's something about me, the dog in me means that, you know, if you lock that door right now and used to come at me, whatever happens, trust me, I'm walking out of here. And I remember thinking, Jesus, all right, Brad. Like, we're just having a chat. What was weird was he had, his, he had his tiny little dog on his lap as well. He looked like the least menacing man ever. He was like half our size with this little dog. But we were both just thinking, what a terrifying human being right now. I do not want to be locking that door right now with Brad Pickett. Um, but no, shout out, Brad. He's absolutely lovely human being. But he was like, you know, it's the ultimate fighter. And he was like absolutely legit saying, yep, bring back soccer kicks. And uh, obviously you wow. see some of the footage in Pride and like, and you think, fuck that. It does look. And I don't think it does the 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 the, the, the haters of UFC and, you know, or MMA in general. I don't think that's going to help the haters when there's someone laying on the floor. But you can smash, you can be on top of someone and smash them in the face with an elbow but you can't stand up and and kick them with a with a foot. So it's you know there, there's there's arguments to and you know for and against oh. it. But uh, I don't but, think yeah. I'd want. I don't think I'd. Want no, I'm joking. I do not want to see soccer kicks in fucking MMA. Mm. Um, uh, I'd like to see more transparency on um, fighter pay. Hundred percent. Like I, I think it's oh, yeah. very sketchy, uh, and I think the more transparent it is. Uh, the more pressure will then be put on organisations to ensure that fighters are paid correctly. You know, certainly when 
you know, you, you they're, they're they're quite transparent with you know gate money and things like that, and you just yeah. think, my God, and and so let's look at the profits here, and and let's look at you know what the people that are making these, you know, that are getting in the octagon, what they're getting out of it, and what toll that's taking on their body, and you know. I understand that these fighters what are desperate to do this. It's what they do, but they've only got a very small window to be able to do that in, and yep. I just think they should earn enough money to be able to to see them into their, you know, see them throughout the rest of their lives. And most other sports, you look at the ridiculous money in in football, and you look at the the huge purses in boxing. Um, and UFC is arguably as, as as popular as boxing now uh, in, in in many places, and I think that should be reflected in you know what these superstar UFC fighters should be earning, and mm. and it's nowhere near what you know what other elite sports people are earning. And yes, we all know that Conor McGregor is the highest paid sports person of of the last two years, but that's different. That's Conor McGregor. You know there is a huge gap between Conor McGregor's income in, in in UFC and everybody else's huge, and I think you know it shouldn't it shouldn't be that way. It, you know, and I don't think these fighters get paid anywhere near what they should. And so, yeah, I think the more transparency there is in there, the more people will probably speak out on it, and and then I think it will just then put more pressure on the organisations to maybe readdress it. Yeah. Um, next, uh, question from one foot dude. Um, how come you don't ever cover Bellator events? Um, well, well, we, but we do though. Like we, we, we had our, our news, uh, kind of episode recently where we, we looked not as intensely as we do at UFC events, but we looked at the, uh, the Cyborg card and the Juliana Velasquez uh, mm. card that was on. Now, the thing with Bellator is I like some of the Bellator fighters. I, I think that um, what one of the things I will, I will reference for this in terms of general public caring enough. Now, obviously, there's some fantastic fighters in Bellator. There's some fantastic British fighters in Bellator. However... If we look at uh, a little while ago, there was the first AJ McKee and Pitbull fight. I can't remember what else was on that card, but I think it was a half-decent card. Um, But AJ McKee and Pitbull, and um, that was for Bellator. And then the UFC had something like Sean Strickland versus Uriah Hall. And Bellator, in their fight, had like, the pound-for-pound best fighter in Bellator at the time in Patricio Pitbull coming up against the guy that everyone was high on. Loads of people were talking about AJ McKee at the time being up there with the Volkanovskis and Max Holloways of the world at 145. Really, really singing his praises. That should have been such a huge fight. And the viewing figures were barely mediocre. Yeah, it was like I'm probably getting the figures slightly wrong, but I think say that fight had like I don't know two hundred thousand views. Um, the Sean Strickland Uriah Hall fight, which the stakes were nowhere near as high in that fight, the talent and the caliber was nowhere near as big. When you're looking at the the future of those fighters, 
who's someone that could become a huge deal even in the UFC. AJ McKee could get signed to the UFC and still do really, really well. And at that yeah. time, as I said, he was a prodigal son. Um, I uh, I look at that and the, the Sean Strickland Uriah Hall fight had something like 700,000, 800,000 views. And you're like, it's dwarfing Bellator. No, people just don't care enough. Now, we as big fans of, of MMA will care about Yoel Romero, and, and unfortunately that fight with Rumble Johnson being being uh, not working out. But these Grand Prix that they do, I think they're loads of fun. I think the UFC should be doing stuff like that. But unfortunately, the way it seems is if we did a build-up to a Bellator card and a post-fight of a Bellator card, I am 99.9% sure it would get half the listens of a build up to a UFC and, and, and post fight to a UFC card. And it's as simple as that. And that's, that maybe sounds unfair, but that's, that's just the situation that, that they are in Bellator. I think that the, I've, I've been surprised, uh, how little marketing, uh, there's been for the fact that you can watch Bellator on the BBC iPlayer. I find that bizarre. Like same because, with PFL. PFL yep. is now on channel four. Yeah. And we're not talking about it much because, to be honest, I forget that it's on because mm. I'm not seeing anything about it. Channel 4 should be promoting the hell out of this. Yeah. It's, you know, I don't know how much channel, uh, uh, how much sport Channel 4 has. I mean, they used to have horse racing. I don't know if they still do. But, uh, what sports does Channel 4 have? You Channel 4 is generally a slightly younger market. Even E4 and the, the demographic of um, MMA fighters... Overall, there's obviously exceptions to the rule, but overall, the core demographic of MMA is male between the ages of 18 to 35. That's mm. the core demographic. So why Channel 4 aren't promoting... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Oh, in this more, or why they haven't maybe moved it to E4 and done yeah. something like that to get you younger audience interested mm. it, it baffles me it baffles me they should be doing so much more mm. yeah i just I, I i find that like i don't know i don't even see that they're they're super proactive on on, on social media either bellator and and i just think that the marketing for ufc is so big and is so good um that yeah i think people just become more invested in it and and i and i agree with you like well, we've had you know many um, uh, Bellator fighters on on this podcast. I just don't think that there is as much interest in Bellator as there is in the UFC. And 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 but make no mistake, you know we're interested in in supporting the other organisations. Um, and you know we've been super, you know, super involved with Cage Warriors. You know that that's a you know obviously a much smaller organisation than the UFC. And and you know some of our some of my favourite um, episodes have been with Cage Warriors fighters, and I'm sure we'll get on to some of those fighters that we're excited about on some some later questions. But, but yeah, I think you know we've just come off the back of a a, a big weekend of Bellator. Um, 
you know, seeing MVP uh, fight and obviously seeing um, uh, Daly um, hang up his his, his gloves. Um, and what was the other really good fight on that card? Oh, we, we, we saw um, Fabian um, Edwards um, put away uh, Leo Machida. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Alfie so, Davis as well got a, well. It was a majority draw, wasn't it? It was a yeah. really weird fight, but but I like Alfie Davis as well. But again, we have reached out to MVP and I think Semtex as well previously, yeah. and it's just one of those things. Sometimes fighters get back to you, sometimes they don't, sometimes mm. they're busy, and we are never offended by that. There's no problem mm. with that. I, I am. Have <laughs> if I see them out on the street, oh, I tell you what, I tell you what, mate. Strongly worded letter. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> I will send them course oh, a, a proper email. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but yeah, Bellator. I don't think help themselves. All respect to Bellator fighters. I love Brett Johns. Brett Johns is one of my favorite yeah. interviews that we've had. He's Bellator fighter. I know he's previously UFC, but um, Bellator as a company, I think don't help themselves. You know, I know that UFC is the gold standard. And, and that's us speaking as fans. That's us speaking as fans. Like, yeah. they, 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 Bellator should do more to promote their fight. Pitbull AJ McKee too. I know the fight wasn't actually that yeah. exciting. But in the lead up to that fight, you've got AJ McKee's just taken out Pitbull, who's their pound for pound guy. People are talking about, oh my God, AJ McKee could rival Max Holloway and Alexander Volkanovsky and all this stuff. And AJ McKee's chatting about Alexander Volkanovsky's win over Korean Zombie and saying it wasn't impressive and all this kind of stuff. You've got a potential star there. Yeah. And they did nothing with him. Yeah. Nothing. So, yeah, they don't help themselves. Um, uh, I've got a question. Go on. Pot- potential. Um... Uh, yes, talking about potential of uh, 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 of fighters. Um, Porky Ninja seventy three. Thanks for the question, mate. Uh, thoughts on Jude, uh, Jordan Fichenik. Um How come he's not been offered a UFC contract yet? Um, who's your ones to watch in Cage Warriors? Um, I I would not be surprised if at some point, if if Jordan continues the way he's going, he will get offered a UFC contract. I'm, I'm, you know, it would appear that Graham Boylan's got a a very good relationship with the UFC and it, and it feels that most champs that, you know, that are legit killers seem to find their way mm-hmm. into the UFC. Um, and I don't see any reason why that won't be the case for, for Jordan Vichenic. When we spoke to um, Paddy um, initially, you know, he, he, he was always like, I've been offered the UFC and I've said no. You know, some fighters want to make sure that they're at the right place before they make that step. And I don't know if that's the case with Jordan. Um, I wasn't there for the, the the interview with Jordan. Did you did you discuss the UFC with him when he when he guested? Yeah, I mean, like a lot of Cage Warriors fighters, he is only really interested in the UFC. And then just just yeah. referencing Bellator again, that is something to be said. Whenever we talk to these Cage Warriors fighters, it's very rare that they say, "Oh, I can't wait to become Cage Warriors champion and then move over to Bellator." They yeah. don't say that. Why don't they say that? Yeah, that's. Well, that, I, I, I mean, I think it is as simple as the fact that arguably UFC is the premiership, isn't it? And Bellator's, you know, a division down from that. And obviously, I suppose most fighters want to be on the biggest and best stage. Unfortunately, not necessarily the the best paid stage. Um, So that's where I think the balance needs to be addressed. Well, Well, let's give Bellator some credit. A lot of the fighters that we've had on from Bellator, or when you've heard other ones in the news, Corey Anderson being one Mm. very popularly recently, um, talked about the pay at Bellator being way better than the pay at the mm. UFC. So give Bellator some credit for that. If you're a fighter that, you know, wants to go and maybe 
not become as famous, not have your social media following as large, but get paid more, which, you know, there's no shame in that. that. That's a great thing to be able to do and to provide for your families and stuff like that. Then Bellator is probably the option for you. So, you know, it's, we're not just shitting on Bellator, um, but they do have some positives. But if, as, as I say, Cage Warriors fighters aren't coming on our podcast and talking about moving over to Bellator. They're, they're talking yeah. about going to the UFC. Um, in terms of Jordan Vucenic, um one of the reasons... I wonder if Jordan um, hasn't been picked up yet. Maybe he has, and, and we don't. We're not aware it hasn't been announced yet. But um, he had a lot of slightly contentious split decision wins. You're looking at his record. It was Steve Amable. Uh, before that, he won a unanimous decision. But Steve Amable, Paul Hughes, split decision win, and people have contested that. Morgan Charrier, split decision win. Um, and then he was meant to fight, uh, I think, a rematch against Morgan Charrier. That was cancelled. Then he was meant to fight um, Paul, Paul Hughes. Hughes. Paul Hughes obviously dropped out. And that would have been a much bigger fight. I think had he fought Paul Hughes and unified the belts because Paul Hughes became the interim champion whilst mm-hmm. Uchanik was out injured. That's another thing. UFC don't want to bring in people and then go, oh, there's someone that regularly suffers with injuries, I think. They want people to come in and hit the ground running. So... I think with Jordan, he's not getting loads of first round finishes. He's not this brash, outspoken character. Um, so I think it just takes a little bit more time for people like that to to achieve their goal of getting to the UFC. And I've got no doubts that he will make it. I think he's good enough to make it. But I think a win over Paul Hughes, when that was such a buzz for that fight, could have put him over the edge and could have got him in there. But unfortunately, James Hendon came in last minute and Jordan got, got a fantastic finish. He, he got a win. Yeah. Um, and it was a really great finish, uh, the kind of standing rear naked choke. Um, so I, I have no doubts that Jordan will do it. But I think that, like I say, when you're not a brash character, when you've got a lot of split decision victories at this level, all that kind of stuff, I think that is that is going to just make the UFC just just give them pause for a moment mm. and want to see you do a little bit more. So, you know, Jordan's got, I think, one defense of his belt now against James Hendon. If he gets another one against, hopefully, Paul Hughes, then he'll mm. be in. But equally, Paul Hughes is up there at that level of someone that I think could make it into the UFC quite easily. And if he were to beat Jordan Vucenic for the belt... yeah. I don't think there's any reason why he couldn't get picked up by the UFC as well. It's a shame that it might be a situation where they're one or the other making it to the UFC. Well, I'm sure that the injury is something that dogs um, Paul as well at the moment. Yes. You know, oh yeah, because he's had another one recently. He's, he's had, had to pull out of a fight. Oh yeah, yeah. Right. So yeah, that that sucks as well. So yeah, I mean, yeah, injuries, man. That's that's the worst, isn't it? When it's you know, it's not their fault. It's not a run of form yeah. injuries, but. But there you go. But I, 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 I've got a lot of uh, uh, hope for Paul, for for well, Paul and Jordan uh, yeah. making it into top the lads. UFC and doing well. They are top lads. Um, ones to watch in Cage Warriors was the, the final part of the question. Um, I'm going to jump in with uh, a fighter that I don't know loads about, um, but I'm hearing lots of hype about him. Um, he fights um, at a GB top team, um, and I've only seen him one fight. He's on three and zero at the moment. Um, 
but uh, Lona Kavanagh. Um, I don't know if you saw his spectacular win um, oh, at I the think last I Cage did. Warriors. Yeah, uh, he looked absolutely phenomenal. Um, flyweight. Um, yeah, currently yeah, he's on a five five fight win streak, and he's he's three and zero as a pro. Um, but oh my god, I, I watched him, and 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 I think I messaged. Um, Brian Lacey, who's obviously you know best buds with with Brad, and I was like, who is this guy? And he's like, yeah, he's 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 legit. Like, there's uh, yeah. So there appears to be a lot of hype around him. So um, I just sort of picked one that was just on the, I guess you know very very early points in his career, but but looked very exciting. You know, had a really flamboyant like but solid sort of fight style. Um, so yeah, look forward to seeing more of him. Who's who's exciting you in Cage Warriors, Mr. Harrison? Um, well, I, I I just love the Hardwick brothers. I just want to always want to yeah. see them do well. Go on, go on the Georgies again. And George has had such bad luck. He's yeah. always there for the fights. I think he's had like now he's on his third booked title fight, but two of them previously it's not worked out. Yeah. Uh, either the fight's been pulled or he's had to fight a replacement or. Something else. So he, that give that man a proper title shot. I know, I know it's not Cage Warriors' fault. That's just the the way the cookie has crumbled. Um, he's got the title shot, hasn't he? He's got it again now, yeah. But I yeah, mean, yeah. like, <laughs> what's going to happen this time? Yeah. <laughs> George's luck, you know? Uh, so fingers crossed for George. Uh, Tay Collard uh, sent us a question. Favourite fighter never to be a UFC champion? And he's put in brackets apart from Dan Hooker. So... Uh, <laughs> Respect for the love of Dan on this show. Um, no, I mean, if we're not including interim titles, because I don't know, mm. should we include interim titles in that? I don't know. Nah, so if you if you don't include interim titles, then you've got to look at Justin Gaethje. Oh, good shot. Good shot. Got to look at Tony Ferguson as well. Um, Yoel Romero's never even been an interim champion. Uh, I love you, Michael. I love, I love you. Um, I love that thing that always pops up every now and again. Do you remember that that um, interview he did where he like he takes off his glasses and he really intensely talking to the journalist like, I am, I am skin like you. I have fist like you. You can do anything. Believe. You can do anything. It's all inside you. But it's like, He's saying this really motivational stuff, but in the most scary, threatening way anyone's Love ever it. had a, had a motivational speech. Um, so yeah, Yoel. Oh, Derek Lewis is fun, isn't he? I don't know if talent-wise he was nah. ever gonna be champion, but in terms of just fun personality, Derek Lewis for sure. Um, I don't know. Is there is there anyone else we can think of that's never been I'm, a UFC champion that that was like? I'm gonna throw know, in. Uriah Faber. Oh, uh, yeah. He like, was strike. Uh, was he like strike force? WEC. WEC, like, that was it, yeah. Yeah. Um, the amount of, you know, UFC Hall of Famer, um, performance like that. One of his last fights against Ricky Simon was unbelievable. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, he obviously has fought everyone. Tied for second most finishes in UFC um bantamweight history most submissions in ufc bantamweight history like yeah most fights in ufc bantamweight history like that's legit man and 
you know, I know he's quite divisive. I know uh, Scroobius Pips listening to this now, just going, fucking Uriah Faber. He's not a fan. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I love him. Boot-cut jeans and flip-flops, I'm all over it. Like, uh, and yeah, and I just loved loved the the the, the season of tough of him and Connor. Probably my favourite season of tough. Um, yeah. It, yeah, just incredible. I just think he's a, a he just seems like a really nice fella and was just a legit beast. And yeah, fought everyone. Then fights with Dominic Cruz, unbelievable. And uh, yeah, but just never never got the strap. No, well, a shout out to Pip. I'm going to pick one. I'm going to speak for Pip. I hope he doesn't mind because I think he would want us to shout out someone like Damian Meyer. He loves a specialist, and yep. I think, uh, yeah, we'll we'll shut up here. He'll probably message us and be like, "I wouldn't have picked Damien. I'll pick someone else." <laughs> uh, but no, he, uh, he he that's a great impression of Pip, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, it was brilliant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, the uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, Pip loves a specialist, and Damien Meyer was fantastic, um, but never yeah. quite got the old strapperoonie. Um, what's next? How many more questions we got? We- oh, what we got? Um, first UFC event you went to. Oh, first UFC event I went to was, oh, I'm trying to that's, think. That's from Kev, by the way. Thanks, Kev. Was it, it? I'm trying to think now. I might be mistaken, but it might have been Manoa versus Gustafsson. That's mine. Was it? Yeah. When was that? That's was mine. that before Bisping Silver? Uh, yes, definitely. Um, and yeah, cause that was, that was my first, um, yeah, Gus Manoa, uh, I think that was 2014. I think that was, uh, Michael Johnson's Melvin Gillard, Brad Pickett defeated Neil Seary, Gunner, uh, beat Akhmadov, uh, Latifi, uh, fought on that card. Um, Luke Barnett got a win on that card. I think what other UK fighters were, were, were on there, but, uh, well, I mean, weren't the best best night for the uh, the hometown hero that night? But, no, it uh, wasn't. Yeah, no, it wasn't. It wasn't the best. But um, but yeah, no, I, I went to went to that one, and then I think there was another question on here. I don't know if it's um from the same guy, but we were asked what was um the best uh UFC like best fight UFC fight we've been to or best British fighter we've seen live oh, i can't f- see who sent us that question i'll have a look and shout it but what was the best kind of british fight you've seen live uh i've, I've do you know what I'll, I'll have to say um mvp cyborg um, oh wow we pip managed to get us some tickets for that and and we saw that insane knee and yeah, that was as as harrowing as that was, you know, but to see that the Pokemon celebration and 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 to be honest, at that point I wasn't overly aware of, you know, the the how exciting a fighter uh, MVP is. And yeah, when he came out, I don't I, I think Daly was headlining the card. Um and MVP come out and everybody done the slow kind of Icelandic clap and I was like, "Oh, what's going on here? Is, is he a legit superstar this guy?" And yeah, and he come out and and obviously, you know, we haven't really spoke about the 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 fight at the weekend uh, with the, with uh, the Bellator fight for MVP and yeah, whatever it was, it certainly wasn't anywhere near as exciting as as the Cyborg fight and yeah, and so I think that one w- w- was it. You know, I've seen uh, unfortunately every time I've seen like some of my favourite fighters like Brad Pickett 
fight. Unfortunately, it's, they've, they've come out on the, the, the wrong end of the decision. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think that was probably the one that was a real Joe Rogan, Daniel Cormier hand on each other's legs. Oh my God, when, when the, the <laughs> KO lands, it was like, yeah, unbelievable. Um, yeah. Yeah, this question was from uh, from One Foot Dude. It was best fight you've seen with a British fighter in any organisation. I'm assuming he meant live. For me, yeah. that would be Bisping Silva. I was cage side for that, and it was phenomenal to watch Bisping have that moment. The flying knee. We was me and my brother were sat next to Big Nog and his wife, and uh, they leapt up with the flying knee because they're fellow Brazilian. They thought he'd done it, but there was the controversy. We're like, oh no, it's not over. Then we're like, oh my yeah. god, what state is Bisping going to come out in? And then at the end, he's on top of the cage. His face is a mess, but he's so yeah. happy. Yeah, that that was that will stay with me forever. That's probably the best sporting event I think I've been at live. Yeah. Uh, that that that's one of my favourite parts of any interview we've done. When, when we were so lucky to get Bisping on, and uh, when we sort of said about you know how do you think it was for like you know, Silver to have had that kind of adrenaline dump of jumping on the top of the cage. And he was like, how do you think I felt? I've just been kneeing the fucking head. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, fair play. Fair play, Mike. Carry on. Next question. Um, well, Andrew Harvey. Andrew Harvey sent us a few questions. And one of the ones I think is interesting is, what is a technical gripe you have with modern-day MMA? For example, fighters not hitting the body enough is something he always gets frustrated with. Well, Andrew Harvey, obviously you're talking to the uh, the most technical technical voices in MMA right now. So uh, yeah, strap I'm sure in, I'll, Mike. Strap in. Here we go. Let's drop some knowledge. Um, no, I am. Um, obviously, any fan has those moments where they go, "Why aren't they doing this? Why aren't they doing that?" And look, I don't train enough to know what I'm talking about, but. I'll give you an opinion anyway, um, because that's what the world's come to these days. Idiots give you opinions. Um, and uh, for me, it's fighters hurting other fighters on the feet and then going in for grappling exchanges or following them down to the floor sometimes when they get tied up. I'm like, just stand him up. If yeah. you've rocked him, if you've rocked him and he's fallen back against the fence, Half step back and then just unload some more strikes. Don't go in for takedowns and stuff like that. Or if you've knocked him down and he's like looked like he was all over the shop, don't follow him down into his guard. And I was like, say to the ref, stand him up, stand, stand him do you back think, up. Do you think like that that sort of two three seconds where that fighter can get to his feet is a little bit of recovery time? Whereas a lot of fighters will think, I'm going in now and I'm going to smash my elbows into him and grand and pan and, and stop him now. You know, if, if fighters are comfortable with grand and pan, then maybe that's just their muscle memories. He's Dan, right, jump on him without a second of, of breathing space for him to even understand what's going on and, and let's unleash and get the finish. I know I what suppose, you're saying. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. When they do take him down and then all of a sudden they get tied up, it's like, oh, fuck's sake, you should have just... Yeah backed off and hit him i suppose i have more of a gripe with when it's like you clearly rocked them yeah. but they've not fallen down but mm. you've clearly rocked them and then you go in for takedowns or go in for grappling exchanges yeah. and it's like mate just that he was on his way out and you've given him time to recover in terms of going down to the ground maybe it depends on how they go down because yes some of them the ground and pound is there it ends the fight but i do think there's a lot of situations where Fighters find themselves rocking an opponent or knocking down an opponent, following them down to the ground and then getting tied up in their guard and stuff like that. And I'm just like, oh, it would have been better for you to just 
stand him up. And we saw it with Gaethje. Obviously, he was doing that to Oliveira um, because Oliveira's jiu-jitsu is so good. He didn't want to mm. follow him down to the ground. Uh, clearly, it didn't work out too well for Gaethje, though. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe it's not throws, the best thing everything you've said straight out the window. Absolutely. Oh. <laughs> That's um, what you get on this podcast, people. Um, oh, Andrew Harvey has also said, what are some of your favourite walkouts of all time? And I'll just say very quickly, Adesanya against Robert Whittaker. 100%. Oh, you, how can you, like, the, 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 the pinnacle of his career mm. to do that dance and everything in the lead up to that fight. Mm. Oh, that that was something special. I, I really love. You that. are writing a check that you need to cash. If you walk out yes. like that, you could end up really fucking up. Yeah, and as like, someone that has recently been paid as a professional dancer, I have so much admiration and respect for it, you know. Next question, moving on. <laughs> uh, one more from Andrew Harvey. If you could have the technical ability of any fighter downloaded into your own brain, who would it be? Oh, that's a fun one. I think that for... Oh, that's a great question. All right, so what, what I think I should be saying is Alexander Volkanovsky, because he's just so unbelievably well-rounded. Yeah. But I want to be able to do flashy spinning kicks and stuff, because that's more fun, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> so I'm thinking more like, you'd want to go the way of like a Raymond Daniels or Ooh, like MVP or something, just for the fun, flashy stuff. Yeah. But if you wanted to keep an element of grappling and, you know, be able to handle yourself in that way as well, my mind's going to Zabit Magomed Sheripov. Because okay. he can throw the spinning stuff. He throws loads of really cool cool attacks. But then he can also take you down pretty well. He's got that Dagestani wrestling background as well. And he's, you know, it would work well for my frame. I've got that tall, skinny frame. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to go Zabit. Um, I'm going to go for just probably the, 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 the yeah, just a smart, a smart fighter um, that obviously is, is very measured in, uh, Anything he's, he, he does in and out of the octagon. So I'm going to go for Mike Perry. Um, right, <laughs> next question. <laughs> Fucking hell. Let's hope you just get his technical ability as a fighter and not anything to do with his personality. Um, oh, dear. <clears throat> what we got coming up next? Let's have uh, a look. Todd04 uh, Todd on Instagram. He said, um, a fighter outside the top 10 of each division who you believe will be champ one day. Uh, I don't think we can run for all of them. That's too much. I- I'd quickly shout out someone like Mohamed Mikhaev. I know that's sort of obvious and there's the British bias, but I mean, I really do think he's going to be a champ one day. Uh, keeping it British and keeping it friends of the show, Jack Shaw. Um, and then Armand Sarukian of the lightweight division is looking tasty, as so is Shavkat Rachmanov of the welterweight mm-hmm. division. I think they're ranked maybe like 15th, 14th, something like that. But they are they are really, really good. Um, so, yeah, keep an eye out for that. Have you got anyone you want to quickly shout out or anything? Is the melt in the top 10 there? You've got so many melts. Is, Sugar is Shong. I thought, see, again, like your your number one melt I thought was Colby. Oh, yeah, yes, Sugar Shong in the top 10. Sugar Shong's got a fight with Pedro Munoz coming up. Uh, mm. I'm, not, I'm not sure if Sugar Shong is in the top 10. But do you really right. think he could be champion? Yeah, I do. Do you? I really is do, that, yeah. Is that because of his ability or because of how the UFC might favourably match him up? A little bit of both. A little bit of both. Okay, interesting. Uh, what else we got here? 
Um, Danny Bran. Uh, oh, no, hang on. Hey, guys, if you could change. No, we've done that one. Um, would any of you two think about doing a charity boxing or MMA fight with each other or anyone, uh, uh, anyone else you've got on your mind? <laughs> Who sent that in? Um, that was sent in from uh, It's Kev James. Thanks, Kev. Thanks, Kev. Um, Sorry, the first so... comment on that is, didn't Blake call out Ralph Little? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, would we fight each other in MMA? I mean, no offence, mate. I think you'd have to cut a lot of weight. <laughs> to get... <laughs> I'd have to cut a lot of weight. I'd have to cut about 20 years as well. <laughs> um, no, I mean, look, I... There is a small deluded part of me, and I'll, I'll reference that it is deluded, mm. that is sort of interested in doing like a fight camp mm. and s- seeing if something happened afterwards with like a fight. Not with you, obviously. Mm. Um, but this is going to be. The way you said that then was not with you, like with a, a proper opponent. Well, no, with, with, with someone that's not five stone heavier than me. <laughs> with someone that's not going to take my block off by flicking me with his finger. Um, uh, the, um, I don't know. I can't believe you're saying all of this. The last time you even slightly alluded to the fact that uh, this, this, this might be fun, Graham Boylan went on Instagram and fucking <laughs> then said he'd sign you up. And then the papers got hold of it. And all of a sudden, in between, the star was going to become a UFC fighter. That was the last yeah. time you murmured it. That was so funny. Um, when I, when I mean, Graham Boylan was talking about putting me at welterweight as well. I'm not fucking welterweight. What are you talking about? I could easily make featherweight if I cut a bit of weight. Um, oh, the thing was, what was brilliant was she was like, dude, like people are just saying that I'm going to become a UFC fighter. And I was like, and then at that point, I just see Graham Boylan's Instagram post, I was like, oh no, he's really found the flames now. No, so the Cage Warriors. Oh, mate. Um, <laughs> absolutely done me as well. Um, but uh, yeah, no, the, um, the this is a really lame answer, but with any of that stuff, I always have to think, will this impact my acting career negatively? And so it's like, if they do any kind of like reality shows based around MMA or anything about someone trying out the sport of MMA, I would be really, really interested in doing it and taking part. I really would because I love the sport so much. But if it were to be done in a lads, lads, lads type way or like if it's on a channel that I don't have a huge amount of respect for, Mm. then I have to say no because Mm. for me that – bit of reality TV, whatever competition show and, and learning this skill that I would absolutely love to learn. Yeah. Once that's over after, I don't know, six weeks, eight weeks, whatever it might be. Yeah. I've then got to think right now I've got to pay the bills, pay the mortgage. Yeah. And also I love my job and I wouldn't want anything to stop me being able to yeah, act. Of course. So if anything looks really like uncredible or, um, you know, people just start in the industry, which already I do. I've said on this show before. I do think that my industry sort of looks down on mixed martial arts a little bit. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I have to always consider that I can't just yeah. go and do anything because I don't. I'm not like a comedian that can just go and do the clubs and do panel yeah. shows and do all this stuff. I am reliant on directors, producers, and other people mm. going. I like the idea of working with that man. 
get him in and for an audition or get him into to this role. Um, yeah. If I do a reality show where it looks a bit shit and obviously yeah. the narrative's always controlled by the production company. Of course. You know, I, I worked with Les Dennis years ago uh, on a play and he was talking about his experience when he did Big Brother. And if anyone uh, out there knows that, he was depicted really badly on really that show. Badly. And he was like, and the, the papers got hold of it and it was the front of all the papers and all this stuff. It was really horrible for him. And he was like, that was like 2% of what was going on. I was doing all this other stuff. We were all getting on well. We was doing this, we was doing that. And he was like, 2% was like me because he'd, I think, recently been through quite a public divorce and was yeah. quite quite sad, quite honestly. Um, I think there was, he was depicted in a way that wasn't a true yeah. representation of him. And so you have to be very careful of that as well. What if they get one moment and they run with that narrative and then, yeah. you know, so That's the least shows. of your worries, mate. You'd be fucking hell. You'd you'd never get in the octagon. You literally injured yourself disciplining your daughter. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Good luck rolling yeah, yeah. on the mats. <laughs> <laughs> right, we got a couple more. What we got? What we got? Um... Uh... Who will be in your dream fight? Any fighter from any organisation from any era. I'll take the lead on this one if you don't mind. Go on, you go. Um, GSP Anderson Silva. I'd love to have seen it. You know, arguably the two goats. And uh, at what weight, I don't know. Um, it's a fictional dream fight, but I'd love to have seen them both in their prime. Great, great one. We better wrap through these quickly because I don't know how long we've been going, but we're going for a long time. Oh, uh, Danny Brown, 0601. <laughs> Are you the tall dopey? Are you the tall kid? Well, he's actually put, are you the tall kid dopey? So who's the dopey one now, Danny Brown? Uh, yeah, Danny Brown. Are you the tall dopey kid is what he's meant to say from the Inbetweeners. How do you not know that I played Neil from the Inbetweeners already? Like, what What got you onto this show? Um, are you the tall? So literally, are you the tall kid dopey from the Inbetweeners? Also, do you think Darren Till will get back to his best after his poor form? All right, well, sensible question. Yeah, I think he will because he's training with Hamzat Shmaev. And uh, fuck you for the insult about being tall and dopey. Uh, well, <laughs> tall's not an insult, is it? But, you know, anyway. Thank you, Danny Brown. Um, oh, how much Mark uh, Giorgio, I think his name is. I love it. Giorgio, um, 26. He's put, how much more does Oliveira have to do to be recognized as the best lightweight ever? Well, that is a great question. Uh, I guess there's only really one name out there that I suppose is the only thing that, that a lot of people legit... I mean, love to Darius, you know, I'm a big fan of his, always shout him out. Um, but there is only one fighter out there that I think everybody's ultimately thinking he's going to be the only person that could particularly take that from him. I don't know. Then there's talk of Connor wanting that fight and obviously, you know... Charles, he's going to take that fight in a heartbeat. Uh, I don't see, I don't see Connor ever sort of doing it. I, I think, yeah. I, yeah, I, but what have you like? What, what he's saying is, what does Oliveira have to do to be seen as the best lightweight ever? <laughs> well, for me, it's like the obvious answer would be to beat Khabib. Oh, oh, okay. That, to, to be the best lightweight ever, the obvious answer would be beat Khabib. Other than that. I think he's got to put maybe 
three or four more title defenses together because <clears throat> like Khabib should have been champion long before he was because he, uh, you know, there was all problems with the belt and Connor and all that kind of stuff. But so he beat Al Quinta for the belt, then beat McGregor, beat Poirier, beat Gaethje. So he's only had actually three title defenses, granted against some of the best, but he's only had three title defenses. Oliveira has defended, well, the last one technically doesn't count as a title defense, yeah, but let's course. pretend it did. Um, Gaethje, Poirier, beat Chandler to become champion. So if he were to then, if, if, if Oliveira puts together maybe three more title defenses and it's against the likes of, I mean, you can throw a Connor in there if you want, just for the cachet, mm. but um, Makachev, Darius. That's, that's, that's the fight, isn't it? Like that's yeah, well, the one that I think is going to take get him kind of put up there in the in the gods then. Yeah, but I mean the the quickest way to do it would be to beat Khabib. If he beat Khabib, that's it. You're the best lightweight of all time because he would have had more title defenses. I know he's got a lot of losses on his record, but most of those, if not all of those, I think, were at featherweight, not lightweight. So again, you're not counting his featherweight records null and void. It's best lightweight ever, not yeah. best fighter ever, not pound for pound. Best lightweight ever. And so I need to quickly look up Charles's record at um what, Whilst at you're doing that, how do you think a prime peak Ferguson versus Khabib would have gone? Ferguson versus Khabib. I, 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 well, unfortunately, at the time, I was all in on Tony Khabib and I thought that Tony had the style to cause Khabib problems. Since then, we've seen... Tony get mauled and out-wrestled by people that are nowhere near as good as wrestlers as Khabib. Mm. So I think had that fight happened, it would have been an absolute mauling and Khabib would mm. have done him. Um, So, let's see. He's got a loss to Paul Felder, um, Charles Oliveira. I think that's his only loss at lightweight mm. was a loss to Paul Felder. Other than that, he's on a one, two, three, four, five, six, Seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven fight win streak at lightweight. That's pretty impressive. And not to mention, mm. you know, Kevin Lee, Tony Ferguson, Michael Chandler, Dustin Poirier, Justin Gaethje, they're all his latest wins. If he throws in a Makachev and a Conor McGregor again, just for the, the cachet, yeah. the fun, um, he, he's got to be up there as one of the best. He's 100%. definitely up there as one of the best lightweights ever. Whether he can surpass Khabib because Khabib was undefeated, that's the tricky one. That's mm. true. But if he keeps putting together loads of title defences, actually hitting the weight, um, mm. then he's definitely in the conversation. But the best thing he could do is if he were to beat Makachev, if Makachev were to beat Dariush or however that plays out, mm -hmm. but if he fights Makachev and beats Makachev and then calls out Khabib, and beats Khabib, unquestionably, in my head, he becomes the greatest lightweight of all time. Perfect place to end this podcast, I think. You think there's so many questions that we unfortunately haven't got to, but we've ran well over, haven't we? I can't remember how long we've been yeah, going. We're, 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 we're over we're the, the hour. We're on the hour mark. We're on the hour mark. If there's anyone that sent in questions uh, thank you, that we haven't read out, yeah. thank you so much. I'm really sorry we haven't got round to them. Uh, depending on how busy we are, maybe we'll have a quick look at those other questions on another day and uh, and try and get that out to you at some point or something and do a blitz through those questions. It took us longer than we idea. thought it would. 
we could do an Insta Live, maybe. You know, do a quick do 20 minutes on an Insta Live. Could do yeah, it like I've, that. Who I've knows? never done an Insta Live in my life. Um, That's all right, so, Grandad. I'll hold your hand. Thanks, mate. Uh, just don't squeeze too hard. You might put my back out. Um... <laughs> right, we're back next time. In the meantime, go check out the back catalogue because... Um, there's some wonderful episodes. Thanks, like I say, as Blake said, thanks everyone for, for um, pinging in your questions and sorry if we couldn't get um, all answered. But um, yeah, hopefully you enjoy this episode and yeah, subscribe and then you won't miss all the future episodes. And uh, we back next time. We are back next time. Thank you very much again, guys. Any, any time that you interact with our socials and help us with content for the shout-out, we are massively appreciative. So, again, sorry for those people who we couldn't uh, read out questions for. I don't think we realised how long it would take. I think we thought we'd yeah. smash through them. But, um, so we will try and get around to that. Or we'll do another episode like this in a few weeks. We're right in. And, and if you're someone that we haven't read out a question for, we'll try and make prioritise you as someone that we'll read out a question for. Because we are massively appreciative of anyone giving up their time to give us questions because and it's fun as well yeah. we enjoy it it's fun definitely right we'll see you next time bye guys <laughs>